If you've listened to any episodes of the Catholic Gateway Podcast, you've probably heard this message before, but I'm going to say it again. Please remember to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast app out there. If we're not on your podcast app, that's a problem. Let us know. We'd be happy to help fix that and are looking to trying to fix that. And uh, then once you've subscribed, please leave a comment or rate us. Share us with your friends. That's the other thing. We can't get the message and the news of the Archdiocese out there to people if they're not listening. So please share this with your friends and encourage them to listen as well. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. This is the weekly news update for the week of March 26th, 2018. It's Holy Week for 2018. And again, I am your host, Gabe Jones. Let's take a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis this week. The St. Louis community is invited to join Archbishop Robert J. Carlson and Catholics in the Archdiocese of St. Louis and around the world in the solemn celebration of Holy Week, which began with Palm Sunday as you know, on March 25th. The week is highlighted by the commemoration of the Last Supper on Holy Thursday, Christ's Passion and Death on Good Friday, and culminates in the joy of his resurrection on Easter Sunday. A diverse selection of Holy Week celebrations can be found in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, with liturgies and services in several different languages, including English, Spanish, and Latin. The principal liturgies of Holy Week in the Archdiocese take place at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis and are celebrated by Archbishop Robert Carlson. For more information about Holy Week and Easter, a listing of liturgies at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis, and a live stream of those liturgies, please visit archstl.org Easter. Holy Week is, of course, the week preceding Easter and the final week of Lent, beginning with Palm Sunday and ending with Holy Saturday, the day before Easter Sunday. Holy Week, as you probably know, includes Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, which we just celebrated earlier this week, commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Holy Wednesday or Spy Wednesday, in reference to Judas Iscariot's intent to betray Jesus. And then, of course, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday are known as the Triduum, the period which commemorates the passion and death of Christ And that begins on Holy Thursday, which commemorates the Last Supper and initiates the Easter Triduum. This Mass is normally celebrated in the evening, which according to Jewish tradition is when Friday begins, as the Last Supper was held on the Feast of Passover. Good Friday commemorates Christ's passion, crucifixion, and death in reparation for the sins of all mankind. Holy Saturday, or the Easter Vigil, is the final day of Lent, of Holy Week, and of the Easter Triduum. And is the day we commemorate Christ lying in the tomb. The Easter Vigil Mass, which takes place after sundown on Holy Saturday, actually belongs to Easter Sunday, since liturgically each day begins at sundown on the previous day. The ceremonies of the Easter Vigil include the blessing of the new fire and the lighting of the Easter candle, also known as the Paschal candle. Easter Sunday is the principal feast of the ecclesiastical year, commemorating the resurrection of Christ. Easter is also the oldest feast of the Christian church, as old as Christianity itself, the connecting link between the Old and New Testaments. We celebrate Christ's resurrection as the moment where salvation was given to all who believe. So there's a quick look at Holy Week. 
Here's a couple other news and notes for you to keep in mind this week. Of course, uh, as you may be aware, we have a Catholic school in the Final Four, the Men's Division I NCAA Final Four, Loyola Chicago. But uh, also locally, CYC sports uh, basketball is winding up uh, for the season. And many times in youth sports, we focus on the competition, how our kids are developing in the sport they are playing. But we sometimes ignore sportsmanship. In an effort to recognize and reward sportsmanship among CYC participants, the Random Act of Sportsmanship program was initiated in 2009 by the Catholic Youth Council. This season, the CYC office received hundreds of reports of good sportsmanship, and here's just one example. The St. Joseph Manchester's 8th grade girls basketball team was scheduled to play its final game ever, again being 8th grade, at St. Clement. As the coach and players were warming up, St. Clement coach Ryan Beller approached the St. Joseph coach and asked if this was, in fact, the St. Joe's last game. He said that he had purchased roses with ribbons in the school's colors and tied them for the St. Joe's girls to give to their moms prior to the game. So a very nice note there just to keep in mind as we wind down the basketball season and as we go throughout every season of uh, athletics throughout the year, keep sportsmanship as a priority. You may have heard uh, last week there was a talk. Uh, Bishop George Murray from the Diocese of Youngstown was scheduled to deliver a special talk, uh, The Church as a Consistent Voice to Eradicate Racism, at St. Francis Xavier College Church on March 22nd. Unfortunately, due to illness, Bishop Murray postponed this event. No rescheduled date has been set yet, but stay tuned and we will update you on a rescheduled date when one becomes available. So that'll be pushed out through the Archdiocesan website, social media accounts, and we'll mention it on this podcast. A couple other events coming up that you may be interested in. Sunday, April 8th from 1 to 3 p.m., St. Joe Manchester Catholic Church is holding a Next Step event for inactive or searching Catholics. Spiritual directors, counselors, priests, and other experts will be on hand to assist anyone who comes by. Participants will be taken on a first-come, first-served basis. Again, that's Sunday, April 8th at St. Joseph Manchester Catholic Church from 1 to 3 p.m. Raymond D'Souza will present a Sacred Heart Boot Camp on Saturday, April 14th at St. Clement of Rome Catholic Church. Go to archstl.org evangelization for more information and to register. Here are a few upcoming ways to support the agencies of Catholic Charities. Hit a home run for St. Martha's Hall April 6th at Magic Chef Mansion in South St. Louis. $50 tickets include baseball-themed food, drinks, and games. A $100 ticket also includes special mansion, a mansion tour and a baseball-themed souvenir glass. You can find details at the St. Martha's website, stmarthas.org. Cardinal Ritter Senior Services' second annual pancake breakfast is on April 14th at Our Lady of Life Apartments in Shrewsbury. Kids are $10. Sorry, adults are $10. Kids are $5. Details can be found at the Cardinal Ritter Senior Services' website, cardinalritterseniorservices.org. The Marygrove Spring Fling is on April 19th at Norwood Hills Country Club. There's a luncheon, raffle, and a silent auction. Details can be found at the Marygrove website, marygrovechildren.org. And finally, Catholic Charities Go to Bat for Kids. Uh, this is on April 20th. Uh, there are six games. Each game will spotlight a Catholic Charities charity that serves children. This one will be for Good Shepherd Children and Family Services. Again, this is April 20th, Catholic Charities Go to Bat for Kids game. You can find out more information 
at Catholic Charities website, ccstl.org, and look for the Go to Bat for Kids information. One. 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 Unos. Two. 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 Duos. Three. 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 Tres. One, two, three, four, five. Four. 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 Cuatro. Five. 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 Quinque. Quintessentials. 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 Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. Five things you need to know. I'll give you five things you need to know. Yes, these are the five quintessential stories from the St. Louis Review, handpicked by the staff for you to share and discuss this week. You can find these stories at stlouisreview.com slash five things or in the paper dated March 26th, 2018. One. 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 From Darkness to the Light, the Tenebrae service during Holy Week is a prayerful examination of the darkness of sin and death and the suffering of our Lord on the cross for the salvation of the world. Jennifer Brinker delves into this special ritual and in just a few moments, Jennifer shares a little more insight into this story as a guest on this podcast. So stay tuned. Two. 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 Bed donation program is a hit with struggling families. In 2015, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul's Archdiocesan Council of St. Louis created a program to provide beds to people in need. Included with the mattresses are new bed sheets, blankets, and pillows. Funds to purchase beds are from donations to the Society. And the program provides these mattresses and bedding, especially for families whose lives have been disrupted. In this week's paper, Joe Kenny shares a story about how the program helped one family in particular. Three. 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 Incarnate Word and Chaminade basketball programs soar. Incarnate Word captured the state title with a 69-35 win over Carl Junction on March 17th in Springfield, Missouri. It was the Red Knights' seventh title in the last nine years. On the boys' side, Chaminade fell to Webster Groves in the championship game by a score of 101-90. to Joe Kenny has this story. Four. 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 Ministering, but not administering, Dave Luking shows what life is like for retired priests Monsignor James Telthorst and Father Thomas Robertson. Both have recently left parish work behind and joined their brethren at Regina Clary. Five. 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 Cornerstone of Mary Grove helped children heal and grow. Starting in 1983, Sister Helen Negri helped Mary Grove respond to changing family dynamics. Sister Helen is now retiring as head of Mary Grove, but will remain in fundraising for its many programs. Joe Kenny has more on this story. There's a look at what is happening around the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Remember, for these stories, events, and more, visit stlouisreview.com and archstl.org and follow the Archdiocese of St. Louis and the St. Louis Review on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast news update for this week, March 26th, 2018, Holy Week again. As we've mentioned, we are going to get to my interview with Jennifer Brinker on the Tenebrae service, which you may be able to experience this week, depending on uh, when you uh, are listening to this. You may be able to yet to get to one of those. But first, uh, as you probably know by now, we are going to round out our Lenten series on the precepts of the church, uh, specifically fasting and then relatedly prayer that Michael Horn in the Office of Laity and Family Life has been uh, going through uh, past few weeks. This is our last podcast until uh, two weeks after Easter. Next Monday is the Monday after Easter, and so we will not have a podcast for you for that day. So the next one will be the week following Easter, the, the second week after Easter. 
At that point, we will delve into the precept to contribute to the support of the church and stewardship and what that means. So stay tuned for more on that. But first, again, here's Michael Horn with the Office of Laity and Family Life finishing out our Lenten series. As we enter Holy Week this week, today we meditate on the practice of almsgiving. And so almsgiving is just the beautiful practice that we see in Scripture of giving money to the poor, to those in need, and even to the church especially that we're called to do as we're called to tithe. And so we're supposed to give our first fruits to the church. And so as we reflect on almsgiving, we can think about the many opportunities that we have, many charitable causes that we encounter in our lives where people are asking us for their money and people that need our money. And so there are so many things happening in our archdiocese, whether it's through Catholic Charities, St. Vincent de Paul societies, various needs in our parishes. There's a lot of opportunities to give alms. There's also plenty of opportunities to give alms, unfortunately, through, to the many homeless people that we encounter um, on our streets. And so it's unfortunate that we have so many people living without homes. But I invite you to consider maybe the next time you uh, exit the highway and find yourself um, before a homeless person to maybe have some food in your car, to have some money ready to um, give to a homeless person who might be in need during this time. And also just to prayerfully assess where the Lord might be asking you to contribute your time and money uh, for the greater glory of God. Well, every Catholic knows that during Holy Week, there are a variety of different liturgies that we experience, whether it be the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday or Good Friday or the Easter Vigil on uh, Saturday night going into Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday. One of the special uh, prayer services, these liturgies that we can experience during Holy Week is the Tenebrae service. And Jennifer Brinker with the St. Louis Review delved into this in this week's edition, the St. Louis Review dated March 26th through April 1st, 2018. So, Jennifer, um, let's explain what this whole thing is. So, uh, thanks for coming on, first of all. Thanks sure. for, for taking some time thanks out of your day. Thanks for having me again. So, uh, what, what, is, what is this thing? What is this, what's Tenebrae? Okay. What is that? Well, so, it's interesting. Last, last year, during Holy Week, um, I came into work, and... I ran into a couple of our uh, religious sisters of mercy of Alma, Michigan. Um, and one of them was telling me about this beautiful tenebrae service that they offer. And I was intrigued and I had heard of it before, but I had never participated. And so I said, well, tell me about this. And so they said, well, you know, we'll, we'll tell you about it next year, you know, when we do it next Holy Week. So um, here comes, a year goes by and, and uh, Sister Mary Kathleen Ronan had reached out and said, um, you know, we're going to offer this tenebrae service. So I said, well, let's sit down and talk about this. And maybe we could do a story explaining to our readers what this tradition is. Um, so it's not widely practiced, I'll tell you that. Um, but what it is, it's, it's really, it's the praying of the liturgy of the hours. So we have um, the office of readings and morning prayer, which formerly, you know, were once known as matins and louts. Um, and so the idea is that these readings are taken from the Old Testament, and it's really to remember um, Christ's passion and death, um, and to to recall the last days of his, his of his life. 
so what's kind of neat about all of this is the way in which this takes place. And so this year, the sisters had commissioned with Restorations Plus a Tenebrae hearse. And I know you probably think... You're going to have to explain that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the vehicle that takes the deceased from the church to the cemetery. This is a different kind of hearse. So essentially, it is a candelabra. And what happens is during this time of the prayer, where they're, they're reciting the prayers and the readings and that, these candles, there's 15 candles on, on this, and it's like a triangular candelabra. And they're extinguish, extinguished one by one until the final candle, the Christ candle, symbolizing Christ as light of the world, is left. And the idea is then that candle is carried out of the room and the room is, is left in complete darkness, really to symbolize, you know, the, the sorrow and the, the death, you know, of our Lord. Um, so that's kind of the basics of it. Um, there's a lot more to it, but that's kind of, that's kind of the starting point that I, I've learned. Yeah. And and tenebrae, as you write here, tenebrae itself means darkness or shadows. Right. So it's this whole idea of kind of Good Friday, the death of Christ. Right. Um, himself plunging into shadow, whether it's the literal tomb Mm -hmm. or just sort of that, the God-man has been killed on the cross, you know, mm-hmm. so it's that whole idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very powerful, it sounds like, a very um, moving service, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. A lot of tradition, a lot of meaning, a lot of um, uh, allegory, I guess, in, mm-hmm. the, in the, whole, the whole thing. Right. Now, um, I'm really interested because there's a, a fascinating photo here mm-hmm. of the hearse being built or, you know, put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not like just a tiny little candelabra that you stick on the table, no. This is big. I mean, this is a mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. A big thing. It's a, it's a beautiful five-foot um, iron hearse. Uh, you know, it stands upright, you know, from the ground up, you know, five feet. Um, and the sisters had this commission. And like I mentioned, they worked with Restorations Plus. And they're, no, they're a company, local company, known for their work in restoring religious art, statues, Stations of the Cross, pictures, that sort of thing, um, in churches not only in the archdiocese but all over the world and so they are now getting more into um, iron work and the sisters had um, worked with a few benefactors to have this commissioned Um, and so yeah it was kind of neat we got to go out to the foundry where um, there were a couple men working on this project and to see it all kind of come together it was just neat to see this old craft you know really come to life and to show like how all of this was put together. The sisters also, um, you know, in the design for this, they um, had asked to have grapes and wheat um, placed kind of in the center part, like underneath where the candles go, um, in like the, the base framework of that. Um, and that, that itself was very um, intentional. Um, you know, they were looking at this idea that, you know, the catechism teaches us about the passion, death, and resurrection, and ascension being present in every Eucharist. Um, and that's a timeless message. That was something that Sister Mary Kathleen had really imparted with me. Um, so if you think about the sacrifice of the Lord on the cross, she said, um, you know, that sacrifice is present at every Mass. And the other thing I thought was kind of interesting in this is that I think sometimes we as Catholics tend to forget this. You know, we're called to unite our own sacrifices to his at every Mass. And so that, I think, was a good reminder in that interview um, 
you know, as participating in something like this, like Tenebrae, um, it, it's just a good reminder that every Mass that we go to, we have that opportunity to unite our, our sacrifices to His, and mm-hmm. that's, that's critical. Yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. And, you know, we, I, just to get a little off topic, uh, I recently read somewhere that, uh, you know, we, we often think of Mass as a meal, uh, mm-hmm. to commemorate the Last Supper, and it is. Mm-hmm. We don't often in today's day and age associate a meal with sacrifice, but that's exactly what it is, whether it's mm-hmm. that pig that had to be killed to, so you can have bacon mm-hmm. or the, the, the grapes that had to be plucked off the branch, you know, or the wheat that had to be cut down. Mm-hmm. There's sacrifice in that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So even a meal itself, uh, if we think of Mass as a meal, um, or the sacrifice of uh, on Calvary, either one and both of them together, mm-hmm. there is sacrifice inherent in both of those. Mm-hmm. And this tenebrae service, it sounds like, pulls that out a little bit more, focuses on really that and, and the light and, and all that. So Yeah, it does, yeah. And it's really meant, I mean, tenebrae is really meant to be a very quiet, somber time. Um, you know, uh, parishes that do this um, typically do um, offer it at nighttime in the dark. Now, the sisters, they do theirs in the very early morning hours before dawn. Um, so they, you know, kind of uh, appropriately schedule it then. Um, but it's really meant to be kind of a quiet, somber time to, to remind us of, of the serious nature of all of this, really. Now, there's one more piece to all this we need to mention, mm-hmm. the strepidus. Oh, yes. Am I saying that right? <laughs> yes. Strepitus? Strepitus, yeah. Strepitus. <laughs> yeah. So that's part of the Tenebrae service. Correct. What is that? I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned that. I forgot about that. So in that moment, you know, as, as the candles are being extinguished one by one and the Christ candle is carried out, um, those who participate in the Tenebrae service are asked to make a loud noise. So strepitus actually means loud or great noise in Latin. And... Um, you know, sometimes that may mean banging your, your missile on the pew or, you know, I mean, various ways you can achieve that. But the idea is to make a loud noise, and that is to um, represent uh, the moment of his death. And so, you know, some people have likened that to, you know, the, the door of the tomb closing or, um, you know, the earthquake that was said to have taken place when he died or the convulsion of nature that was said to have taken place when he died. You know, they're different, you know, kind of stories out there right. about that. But um, just the whole idea is to symbolize. And if you haven't experienced that, that yeah. I, I actually witnessed this for the first time last year. And uh, it kind of took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. I, w- I didn't know that it was coming. Right. And when it when it happened, I was like, what, what, what is this? Like, I, right. was, I was sort of, you know, just um, yeah. taken in by it completely. Mm-hmm. And, and shocked almost yeah. by the, the noise yeah. and the mm-hmm. suddenness of it. Mm-hmm. And it uh, really gets to that what you were saying about that, you know, mm-hmm. recalls the fact that here was Christ, mm-hmm. God made man who was now mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sort of shocks you a little bit, mm-hmm. wakes you up and says, wow, this, this is what happened. Certainly. It's so. funny. I, I talked to somebody at one of the parishes that are, that are hosting these um, next week. And she said the first time she had heard it, she thought something really bad had happened she wasn't expecting it and didn't know that this was part of you know all of this and um she went running toward the noise thinking somebody was hurt or somebody was in danger and it turns out it was the strepitus <laughs> that they were yeah, interesting doing. <laughs> well if you want to experience strepitus or just tenebrae uh in general the the, the entire service uh jennifer's story here in the St. Louis review has a listing of a handful of places that are doing 
Tenebrae services um, mm -hmm. throughout the week of Holy Week. So uh, depending on when you listen to this, uh, you might be able to still get to one or two of these. Um, so check out that paper. It's uh, the March 26th through April 1st, mm -hmm. Easter yep. edition of the St. Louis Review. Jennifer, there's uh, a lot more I know we could talk about mm -hmm. when it comes to Tenebrae. We could spend an hour discussing mm -hmm. the ins and outs of this and everything, but it's already been 10 minutes. It doesn't feel like it, but no, it doesn't. Yeah. We, should, uh, we should let our listeners go, and I'm sure they have other things to do. So um, <laughs> thanks for the story, though, and uh, thanks for sort of delving into this. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, again, if you want to read this story by Jennifer Brinker, it's the Living Our Faith section, From Darkness to Light is what it's called, in the March 26th through April 1st edition of the St. Louis Review. Thank you so much for listening to the Catholic Gateway Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Catholic Gateway Podcast. We always welcome story tips and ideas for the podcast. Just send them to communications at archstl.org. That's communications at archstl.org. Make sure to connect with us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on here in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Archdiocese of St. Louis. We're on Twitter, at ArchSTL is our handle there, at ArchSTL. And we're on Instagram, at CatholicSTL. And you should follow the St. Louis Review. They're on Facebook, also Twitter and Instagram, under the handle, at St. Louis Review. That's St. Louis Review. The Catholic Gateway Podcast is a production of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. We hope you'll join us again next time here in the Gateway to the West, the Rome of the West, Catholic St. Louis. Catholic St. Louis.